Well, welcome back to Words of Wellness, and we are continuing continuing our series with uh, women in ministry. And today we have a spiritual mother of mine, well, the spiritual mother of mine. Her name is Emily Walters. We had her husband on here uh, a few months ago, and he was gave us the insight of what it's like to have mental health as a pastor, and right along aside of him he talked about this his fine how should we say this, this fantastic wife of his that keeps him in check <laughs> but also is that that support that has kept him going as well and they are a dynamic powerful duo for the kingdom um, and that is not a biased opinion that is evidential in the fruit and the labor that they have put into planting Judah Church um, especially um, Mama Walters herself. She is a fierce lady. She does not compromise and stands for the truth. And you will hear her, part of her heart this morning or whenever you're hearing this as well um, as we go forth with this. And you'll see exactly what we're talking about, why hell is scared of her and knows who she is. So um, I will take no further delay and just say, welcome, Mom. Thank you. Good to be here. That's um, a little bit of a, a huge introduction, so hopefully I can live up to that. Oh, you already have for the previous years that I have known you. Um, I love it because she does not just use that. I don't say spiritual mother for the sake of just having that out there, but she also has the right to get... Um, to promote, to encourage, to correct Kathy and myself as well. We look up to her, um, and so do our daughters. <laughs> they have their own love language and their silliness, but I love the fact that there is just a connection with that, and so I appreciate you for being here as well. Um, as you guys know, we are talking about women in ministry and the different roles and outlooks that our society takes on being just a your gender in society but also in the kingdom as well there are different avenues and aspects that we as men don't necessarily look at or when it comes to things we just naturally think oh that where's the man in this picture within that but I feel like we overlook the powerful it's not just Deborah's that everybody know of in the kingdom there are Esther's there are roofs um, that are doing gigantic things. The, there are mothers of Jesus in here as well that have so much impact on the kingdom. And their ministry may not necessarily be full frontal pulpit, but at the same time, um, they are the reason why their husbands are successful in the pulpit as well, because their marriage is number one. And um, our first question with you, Miss Emily, is what or whom do you consider your ministry? Well, as you said, you know, um, my marriage. So, you know, obviously my relationship with the Lord is number one. Mm -hmm. But my husband is my first ministry. Um, and I've had to learn that being married 26 years. Yeah. You learn that. Um, and, and from when we were first married and in ministry, because we started right away in ministry. We're actually in ministry before we got married. Hmm. Um, and so we've learned and grown through all of the stages and having little babies and being newlyweds and then having teenagers and now having young adults. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> it does 
make it a little bit different at t in the different seasons because I have young adults now. Um, but my husband is my first minister and my children. And that is one thing that I have not, I have not really been uh, willing to, I don't know the word I'm looking for, let go of. That's not really mm -hmm. the, the word I'm looking for. But I saw so many people in ministry and they would lose their children or they would lose mm. their marriage because they were not placing them in the proper order. Mm. And and I always told Glenn, and I even we would say this to our, our kids, that we're not going to lose our kids in our marriage. We will, mm. lose, we will lose the ministry before we lose our marriage and our children. Mm. Um, because that is, that is a ministry. Mm -hmm. my, my marriage, my husband, is my ministry. My children are my ministry, and then my church. And so I think when you keep it in that order, mm. there's, there's a blessing. Um, just like the Lord talks about the blessing and coming down the beard and mm -hmm. down Aaron's beard and all the way down. There's yeah. an order to God's kingdom, and there's also an order to um, how he blesses. And when you are operating in the correct order, there's, there's favor and blessing. Very, very insightful. I never thought of the order um, from that perspective um, with anything within that. Um, when you are within your ministry and not just your home ministry, that's your number one ministry, what would you consider outside of that, the things that you have your hands on for the kingdom? Outside of, of my your home, home, my yeah. husband and my children? Mm -hmm. um, I've always, from the time I was even young, even before I graduated high school, I had a passion for young girls. Okay. Um, and the Lord has transitioned that in so many different ways. I started a Bible study before I was out of high school mm. with young girls, and several of them were my cousins, and I just saw a void, and so I just, when there's a void, I'll step in. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. And I, I, I struggle because in this generation, I see a lot of people seeing voids, but they don't want to step into the void. But True. from my generation, when I yes. saw something that was missing, mm -hmm. I, and if I, the Lord can annoy me, it may not be that I'm called to that season forever, mm -hmm. but I had started it. I started this. And so as I grew, I we were youth pastors, and I felt very called to the young girls, and I was ministering to the young girls, had young girls Bible studies and life groups, you would call them back mm. then, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, and then even today, um, Glenn has, all, has never placed pressure on me to do something that is outside of what he feels I'm called to do. Mm. And so I, I still lead women's Bible studies. Mm -hmm. I still... I'm going to be speaking at the marriage conference. So these areas that I'm passionate about are the areas that I minister in. And I and now that mm. we're senior pastors, I do feel called to men as well, mm. but that's only on the capacity of generally marriages and different things like that. And so okay. as a pastor, it's hard to, to completely isolate. But mm -hmm. as far as me feeling what I'm called, I'm a worship, I'm a worship leader. Mm. I am mm. a I lead women. I lead a women's Bible study, you know. And so these are the areas that I feel called to okay. and empowered. And this is and so that's where I that's where I put my feet in 100%. Cool. With the areas that you are in, which is very insightful with um for those of you that don't know, my mama can sing y'all. <laughs> yeah, um she not just that voice to hear, but when she sings, there is a prophetic feeling that goes out. And it's not just amazing grace, but it's that grace that gets all up in your shandanai and all that kind of stuff. Because, like I told you, hell knows who she is. There is a reason why she has so much warfare that she 
engages with because she's engaging the kingdom. It's not just something like you hear her say where you sit back, but you when there's a need, you you may not even have the expertise of that, but I've seen her just go in and what you his the word says that in our weaknesses he's made strong. And so the areas where you're not sure of I've seen God just step in with that, and it, they get through it. She gets through it. She plows. That's why you fully rely on God with those things. But with that as well, have you ever had limitations um, or expectations put on you, maybe gender-based or just as a who you are? I believe growing up in a denomination, yes, there was okay. expectations. The pastor's wife was supposed to sing and play an instrument generally mm. or look a certain way. And I always have been my own person. Would almost, when you would put those stipulations on me, I there was almost a rebelliousness in me mm-hmm. that is like, no, you're not going to put me in a box. Okay. Um, and so I have, I have resisted the box. Mm-hmm. Even when I went to Bible college, everybody went to Lee University. Mm -hmm. All my family went to Lee University, and I was not going to do that. I got scholarship and could have went to Lee University. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to go where where other people don't go. And I went to East Coast Bible College. And I I went there because I felt called there. Okay. But I also was not one that wants to go along with what everybody else is doing. I want to make sure I'm doing what God wants me to do. Mm. And so I think there definitely are... There's denominational um, stipulations, and then as a woman um, being called to speak and preach, you know, mm-hmm. and, and in, in the, the day and age we're living in now, it's, it's a lot more accepted. I never really felt called to preach. I know I have a teaching gift. That's yeah. one of the gifts that sits on me. And true. so I have, ta- I have taught from the time I was 17 years old mm-hmm. until now. And I will be obedient to what God says, but I'm not going to be, you know, I'm a co-pastor of this church, but mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm supposed to be up preaching every single other week or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. I, there's like, I'm preaching at the marriage conference on Friday night. So there's, there's, there's moments that I step into that vein. Um, the teaching gift is definitely, but I have never really felt like, and my husband has never put stipulations on me to make me feel I had to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. I actually want to break those, crush those boxes. And I feel very empowered to, for, to empower women to crush mm-hmm. those boxes and to step into the identity God has called them to being confident in that. So, hmm. As you are a pastor's wife, I, that has a title to it, um, with it, did you growing up? Did you ever want to be considered a pastor's wife? No, that was never my dream. I knew probably I, I the earliest I remember was probably twelve years old. Okay. Just I remember one of the earliest memories I have, and the, and worship singing was really what I felt called to. Okay. Um, I remember about twelve years old, eleven, twelve. I remember we were at my cousin's in Kentucky and. Everybody was out playing, and I turned on worship music, and I literally just went in, mm. laying on my face, weeping before the Lord. And I would do that many times as a young girl and just felt so, such a drawing to his presence. And I remember the old song 
if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. That was my mantra. That was, I literally would sing that and mean it with every part of my being, whatever mm. you were calling me to. I felt like it was music. I felt like I was going to be singing. I didn't know what that looked like. And God has used that. Mm-hmm. But it's been so much broader than what I actually thought as far as the giftings and what God has, has wanted to use me in what capacity. So hmm. That's good to know. I didn't know that much about you in that. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you deal with um, and dealing with your ministry with your home and then now a church that is that we've started planning with 50 I don't remember the numbers we had in the and now we're over 500 people in three services um with that did you ever notice your health not just phys, not physical health but like your mental health within there Oh definitely there's there's a lot of warfare and I remember Nobody understands the warfare until you are walking in the shoes. I remember Mm -hmm. being a youth pastor and thinking, oh, I know what warfare is to be a senior pastor. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) It's a completely different world. And so with me being an emotional person Mm -hmm. and a female and all of the things, and I'm a discerner and a feeler, and all of that, you have to learn how to navigate that. Um, as far as your, your mental health, there's things you have to know that you have to do. I have to be very consistent with my prayer time and my worship time because it, it aligns me properly. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm, I'm an emotional person, so I get engaged with people. If someone is telling me a story, I'm going to cry with them. Mm-hmm. I'm just very emotional, mm-hmm. and I will, like, tap into it. Yeah. And so I've had to learn to really know how to detach and set back and give myself time and space because... I can get too emotionally invested, and then it will pull me down emotionally. And so um, just learning the giftings, God, and how to navigate them is probably the biggest key. And exercise, drinking plenty of water, Mm. having plenty of prayer time and fasting and worship time, and even making sure I'm listening to the right kind of music to get, because I am a music person, so there's if I get myself listening to certain types of music and Mm -hmm. not staying focused, it can take me down. So I just have to learn how to navigate. I know what my boundaries are. I know um, how many people to, you know, early on in ministry, I am can be friends with anybody. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is yes. everybody is not there to be your friend. No. And you have to learn the boundaries and who you let in your circle mm-hmm. and who you don't. Because there's people there out that are out to pull you down. Mm-hmm. And, and that's sad to feel yeah. that way. Yeah. But that's a reality. And that's not even just because you're a pastor's wife in it. That is a very general statement as well for both man or woman. Beware of who you are um, with that, especially if you are, I don't care what size church you have. My parents come from a 75-member church, or, um, and I have relatives that are in the 3,000s and all of that. But when you are the wife of that pastor, you have to protect him. And the more women that are connected to you, the more access they may feel they may have to him. And that's not even physically as I'm thinking it in my head. That's just to even just know what's in the mind, what's going on with them. Because evil is evil. Um, there are some that are just to gossip. There are some uh, people like Pastor Glenn just said this past Sunday um, that are enemy assigned. Absolutely. There's, and it reminded me of a story early on in our ministry when we were when we were pastoring, 
And it kind of goes back to the question about, you know, um, people putting me in a box and different mm. things. And going from being a youth pastor was a different role than being a senior pastor. And mm-hmm. um, everybody, when we were starting the church, people were coming from all different backgrounds, different cultural backgrounds, yes. different types of churches. And so it was a lot of different things and dynamics. And like I said, I was never one that you could put me in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm, mid, I'm a Midwesterner. I, I'm feisty. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I've had to learn how to tame my tongue because you come at me, I'm going to come right back at you. And yes. you can't be like that. <laughs> to a degree. And to a degree. <laughs> you know, and there, there's, God has used it, but there's mm-hmm. also a sharpening of that. And, yes, and, um, and so I remember early in the ministry, I'm a very expressive person. And, you know, we were just starting the church. We're setting up and tearing down and I would see issues and I would go to the people that were in charge and I would just, I'd be talking with my hands and I was doing that one Sunday before while they were setting up mm-hmm. and I had a lady pull me off to the side who did not have a, re- a a close relationship with me. Okay. I'm not saying that I'm not someone that cannot be corrected. Yeah. But I do believe there has to be a certain type of relationship Absolutely. there. Absolutely. <clears throat> and Absolutely. this was a great example of this. It just reminded me when you said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this person came up to me and started chastising me because of how I looked to all the church people that were watching me with my arms flailing. I looked like I was yelling at this person, which I was kind of taken back by that because I was like, wow, okay, well. So hmm. I, I asked the person that I was talking to, I said, did you feel like I was being a... And they were like, no, not at all. Yeah. And, you know, there was just several things that this person was saying to me, and I very lovingly put them in their place. Okay. Because that was the, a real-life example, because the words they said to me, a pastor's wife does not act like that. Wow. I said, this pastor's wife does not have stipulations. I don't have some certain way I have to act. Mm. I'm going to be pleasing to the Lord. There you go. And if I do something wrong, I mm-hmm. am I am definitely willing to be corrected. But yeah. this this is out of line. Mm-hmm. What you, what you're doing and how you're yeah. because they came at me very much like I'm going to tell you something. It mm-hmm. was very it was wrong the way it was approached. Yes. It was totally wrong the way that it was even perceived. Mm-hmm. And so that was probably the first mm-hmm. time that I really recognized Okay, yeah. people are, are watching me. Mm-hmm. And I did learn from that. I thought, people are watching me. I do have yeah. to be careful because I am not a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I would encourage people that are listening and maybe pastors, wives, because when you are a people pleaser, it's very hard. Yes. And my daughter is a people pleaser. And I'm having mm-hmm. to walk with her and, and teach her to be confident in who she is. Because mm-hmm. when you are all about people pleasing, you will be pulled apart. Yeah. at the seams and so you have to learn how to stand on your own and be confident in who you are be willing to be corrected when you're wrong yeah and not that i haven't and there have mm-hmm. been times but there also is a relationship that has to be there yes. when there is a correction yeah and this person was very um authoritative trying to usurp my authority mm-hmm. and i recognized what that spirit was gotcha. and so in a loving way i had to kind of put a put mm. things in order but it did remind me of I'm not going to be put in this box yes I don't have to look like every pastor's wife where I'm completely polished mm-hmm. I'm sorry that's just not who I am yeah that's and the way you started that example was automatically flesh because it was an opinion mm-hmm. it was nothing mandated it was right. nothing that was realized and it wasn't biblical right. it didn't start off with Matthew 19 yeah. if you have some of the 
But that's very good to understand within that. But you also, great segue within my thinking as well. You're talking, that's how I introduced you as well. Um, she has the authority and she has the right to encourage um, the Wells family, but also correct if she sees something, if we're going out of line, if we haven't been serving like we should or anything else like that, she has that right. Um, and you bring that up, that person did not have that. Do you have, what does it take to have a mentor in ministry? Um, and do you feel as if well, we'll just start right there. I have a part two to that in my head. Um, you definitely need mentorship. Okay. You definitely need... I do not believe it can be someone within your church. Um, I think it has to be someone outside of the church. And I don't think you're going to find mentorship in one person. Excellent. There's different levels. There's different arenas that you mm -hmm. can find mentorship. I do have mentorship. Mm. Mentorship for me is relationship. Okay. It is vulnerability. It is being able to be real mm -hmm. um, and just lay all the cards on the table mm -hmm. and having prayer with someone. Mm. They can pray with you over certain things, but there has to be a level of trust when you are That's in a, a ministry and you're leading a ministry. You definitely have to be in mentorship with someone that is trustworthy mm. um, because it's just vulnerable. It's mm -hmm. a very vulnerable place. So did that answer your question? It did. And that gives me insight to my second part of that. And that is, um, there are, when I'm mentoring, um, like our school of ministry and then others outside of here, it's very easy for males to pick up a Paul and Timothy type of relationship. Um, but when it comes to females, for some reason, in my experience, it is hard for them to find a mentor in different areas, even like you said, um, for areas that they want to do, um, in their life and where they want to aspire to be, um, for those women that are looking for that type of connection, um, what are some things that help you find the people in your life that help you with that? Um, I have to be able to respect the people, the women that I'm looking to. Okay. Um, there has to be wisdom. There has to be a level of, um, of, you know, and it doesn't always have to be someone older, but generally you find it that way because especially in the role that I'm in, mm -hmm. um, and leading people and where I'm wanting to go, yeah, um, you have to, and mentorship, you have to search out. I've had so many people come to me wanting me to be their mentor, but when you are the mentor, the, I say, when you are the mentee, it is your job to go after the mentor. Excellent and yes. and I think that's where the breakdown in mm -hmm. a lot of ways is. Women are extremely busy, especially with children. They're yes. being pulled in all different directions, and sometimes it can be hard. Mm -hmm. um, women are can be very struggle with comparison, and women can be very gossipy. Can and be. so it can be very difficult to find someone that you trust. Mm -hmm. um, you also have to be willing to be teachable and be yes. corrected. By, and a lot of people don't want that. No. They don't want to be corrected and be, you know. I remember when I was, there was, uh, during Shabbat, I had my mentor say, you do not need to go to Shabbat. And I mm. was, I wanted to resist that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, no, I haven't missed Shabbat ever. I'm yeah. going to go. And I and then the more I, they, they were like, I've been praying for you. You do not need to go to Shabbat. And I, I chose to stay home as hard and miserable as it was, mm -hmm. but it was the right thing to do. And so you have to be willing to be corrected, be mm. teachable, be vulnerable. And you don't just want to be mentored by just any old person. There's got to be a level of um, accountability and 
it's just across the board trust vulnerability and um i can learn from anyone that's yeah. not the point the point of mentorship okay. is is a deeper realm of accountability so hmm. that's a good perspective on that a deeper realm of accountability um when there are girls that are 18 like your daughter um within that um and those that are in ministry themselves and you've made a great point of going after it um and the accountability is there it's not necessarily the age but are there certain any specific things that they should look for um in that person that they want them that they require to be the there? young girls yeah. looking for yeah i mean probably just what i said you know there's got to be trust there's got to be um there's got to be wisdom okay you know because this is the thing about mentorship I do not, this is my opinion, but you Mm -hmm. cannot be best friends with your mentor. That's the thing I was thinking of. They have to, because, and I think that's probably the the breakdown with a lot of women. Okay. Women want deep relationships. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to to do stuff and hang out all the time and be friends. You don't, when you're a mentor, there's boundaries set up. Yes. You only get to come in so far in a lot of ways. Yes. Because... If you let all your hair down and you're just on the same level, yeah. then there's nowhere to go. Yes. And oh, I that's think good. That's, that's probably good. the key with women. Yes. Potentially is is uh, that's just from a female's perspective. Yes. I don't know. I'm not a man, so I don't know. But yeah. I would say what I have seen mm-hmm. because I have a little different personality than probably a lot of women. I can be very independent, mm-hmm. but I can be friends with a lot of people. Yeah. And so, but I've seen a lot of people that have struggled with being mentors, Mm -hmm. especially because they let people all the way in. Yeah. And then the level of wisdom, the level of um, you pulling them higher gets broke down because Mm -hmm. you're too close. Yeah. So. That's when um, I tell our prayer team here um, that if there is, when God gives you a word, you're responsible for that word to that person. And you can't allow their, or what you think their reaction to what you tell them, prohibit you from what God told you to tell them. And that seems also to be a great thing, or what you're mentioning with mentorship as well. Because if you have that friendship, friend zone, so to speak, with it, then that's all you're going to get with it. And you can choose either way, but you can choose if you're going to accept what they're telling you or not. And but when you have the mentor, you kind of expect them to have that kind of correction. You know when you're getting called into the principal's office, like, hey, I know what this is all about. I know what this is going to do, and all that. And that's a great thing um, to keep in mind with mentorship comes to uh, the topic. And we've heard you talk about many things, and Miss Emily has a lot to give in mentorship as well but her relationship with God is the most um, I say this word with her um, and I mean it in the purest of ways but that her relationship with God is what attracts people to you um, it's not meant it's not your voice it's not your how good you and your family are but I know for me personally I look at all all the hell you've been through um, and as long as we've known each other and to see you bounce back your resiliency 
Um, I think that's underrated, and I don't know if you realize that yourself as well, but you're very resilient, and you bounce back even when you don't feel like bouncing back. It's just in you. That's part of that fierceness with you. But your relationship with God attracts the goodness. It's like that person that's praising on the side, and you can't help but praise for watching them going through as well. And so with that, how much, and this is going to probably be like, duh, but how much do you depend on your relationship with God? When you were saying that, it's funny because it sounds so cliche, but my greatest mentor is the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, you know, I've said that a few times, but I feel like people just Mm. think, oh, that's kind of cliche, but ultimately it is. If you... If you're walking with Holy Spirit, he's the greatest teacher yeah. of all time and the greatest mentor of all time. Yes. And and so when you are aligned with him, he's going to convict you. He's going to teach you. When you're reading his word, he's going to um, establish those truths in you. And if you're willing to be humble, mm-hmm. then it's going to reap yes. a harvest. Yes. And I think, I think sometimes that's what's wrong in our our society is they're looking to a man always to be a mentor when Holy mm. Spirit should be your mentor, your first mm. mentor. Yeah. And if you're truly humble with and walking with him, yes. he's the greatest teacher. He's yes. the greatest mentor. And man's mm. going to fail. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Yes. It doesn't matter how holy and how yes. gifted and how whatever, how old you are. No. We are all going to fail mm-hmm. as mentors. Yes. He won't fail. Yes. And I think that is a huge void in our society is we're mm-hmm. all looking to man when we should be looking to God. Absolutely. And to Holy Spirit. And then God will align those people in your path. Absolutely. I think nothing about yielding. Just as we were talking about that correction because, number one, he's going to correct those he loves. Mm-hmm. And whether we resist the correction, we just prolong the season of correction with it. But when we expect when we accept it, then we can. It's weird. You accept the butt whooping, and you get peace. Well, and I think too, when you're walking in a line with Holy Spirit, sometimes He has to tell you two or three times. Yeah. But when you also have mentors in your life that are praying for you, they're going to come along and they're going to confirm. Confirm, absolutely. And then if you are truly in relationship with the Lord and mm-hmm. you have a heart posture mm-hmm. is toward Him, mm-hmm. you will be obedient despite how you feel. Yeah. That's excellent. Um, with with that, um, as much as you're willing to share, uh, are there any visions that you have that God may have given you um, or that you're yet to see and you're wanting to see? I was trying to find because I wrote down some things on that because... You know, I already shared in the beginning that when I was when I was young, and I don't know how old I was, I can't ever remember exact age. I would say probably around the same age, 11, 12 maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a woman in our church, and growing up in the church that I was in, there was not a lot of prophecy. That was not something we were taught. But there was one woman that I remember growing up in the church that was would prophesy. Okay. And being in the denomination we were in, it was a part of it, but it just wasn't done. It wasn't... Mm. It wasn't taught on. It wasn't really done in the way that we are doing it now at the mm-hmm. church. Okay. And this woman was known to prophesy, known to be a prophet, and she prophesied over me from a very young age and said that when I opened my mouth, that there would be healing and that there would be people drawn, thousands would come to the Lord. 
And that has been prophesied several times by several people since then. But when I was young, and like I said, when I was young, I felt, I just felt such a draw to the things of God. I didn't know what that looked like. I just wanted to be obedient, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once I got in college, I thought it was missionary work. And, you know, I was willing to do whatever mm-hmm. God had called me to do. But in my 12, 11, 12-year-old mind, when that prophetic word went out, because at that time, I was singing. I started singing when I was three years old. Mm. And we sang. We had our, our little cousins had a singing group that we would sing. And my parents Aww. had a group. And so we would sing and do different things. Yeah. And that was the ministry that I that I did. Okay. And so for me, in my vi- in my vision of mm. what I felt and what I was doing, that it was going to be through singing. And I was going to God was going to use me in a platform through singing and all of these things because I really resisted any kind of preaching on a stage. You could you could. I resisted being on the stage. Mm. Even singing I resisted because I did not like to be in front of people. Mm-hmm. I did not want to be the center of attention. I just wanted to worship. Mm. And and so that was, that was a, a prophetic word that went out over me. And God has just, he has just tore down all the walls of what I thought at mm-hmm. that young age. And God has now used, used this little girl from Columbus, Ohio, mm. to do exactly that. Mm. Pray in altars for healing. Yeah. Speak on podcasts. Speak from a, from a stage to to millions of yes. people to travel the world and do youth camps across the United States and pray for healing wow. and pray for salvation yes. to now I empower people to do this, yeah. to go out into all the world, to, to build missionaries that are now in Honduras. To, mm-hmm. So, so what God, and that's the way God is. He gives us a small glimpse of what we feel like. Yeah. And he takes and tears, if we are obedient and we stay humble mm-hmm. and walk closely and softly with the Lord, he will tear down all the walls that you think and he will take that vision yes. and make it so much broader and so much bigger. That yes. It's very humbling mm-hmm. when you sit back and you say, wow, because yes, he did that. Yes, I have sang all over mm-hmm. the world, but it was so much bigger than yeah. just singing. Um, and that's the God we serve. Wow. Wow, I'm almost speechless <laughs> um, with that. <clears throat> that is amazing. Um, the outlook, I remember at one point, and I don't know if this has changed for you, um, but I think it was years ago, you mentioned wanting to have an orphanage on every continent. Um, is that still something that you aspire? Or has that changed in any way? It's kind of been put on the back burner because we had the orphanage in Honduras. Mm-hmm. And then all of that crumbled because of the government there. And so uh, it's kind of a dream killer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I have not really, I think probably more than anything is more than just the picture of an orphanage that we think of. Mm-hmm. It's the orphan spirit that okay. I believe God has taken again and made it broader. Wow. Is going after those that have an orphan spirit mm. across the globe. Mm. And so I think that in my immaturity mm-hmm. and as we grow, and I'm just, I can be passionate about a lot of things and mm-hmm. I have to rein it in mm-hmm. um, because. Ultimately, my passion is for people to know the Lord. 
to know him and mm-hmm. be known by him. And so in whatever capacity that is, mm-hmm. I think there's so many people in our world, in our nation, in our cities that have an orphan spirit. Because if you know me at all, you know that I'm all about your walking in your identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's really what that is. If you don't walk in that, then you have an orphan spirit. You're lost. Mm. And so I think God has just expanded that. Hmm. I don't know, you know, I, I felt years ago because my grandmother was raised in an orphanage mm-hmm. and that really plucked at my heart. And anytime I've done missions, we've gone to orphanages okay. and we've ministered in orphanages. But I think beyond the box mentality of an orphanage mm-hmm. is really the heart that God has given me for those that have an orphan spirit. Hmm. Can you elaborate um, elaborate a little more on that orphan spirit and how you've seen it um, play out? It's in identity. It's okay. ultimately in identity because you can have a, a mother and a father in the home, but that's not going to fill the void of, of Father God and walking hmm. in your identity in Christ because hmm. there's wholeness in that. And, you know, I've watched people that have been adopted. And that's probably the, the most visual you can yeah. see okay. is when you see someone that's been adopted and they just are, they always are struggling mm. with that. They want to know where they came from. Mm. You look at our society, society today and how they're all doing these testings to see what is their lineage, where are they mm. from. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's innately in mm-hmm. us to know where do we come from. Yeah. And I think there's always going to be that longing until until we are with the Lord. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be because He's our mm-hmm. Creator, mm-hmm. and we want to be with our Creator. Yeah. In a whole in the whole package yeah. where it's completely whole, mm-hmm. um, and we can have a, a very close um, relationship with that. But we also have our flesh, so that's going to yeah. constantly be warring against that wholeness. Um, but I think that's probably. For me, it's it's just it's finding who we are in Christ and Him being our source in every capacity because that will completely abort the orphan spirit hmm. over us when we know who we are in Christ. And that's that is a journey of faith, mm-hmm. I think, until the day we die. Yeah. I don't know that we will ever attain one hundred percent of that, but I think um, that all of us in some capacity have walked in an orphan spirit at some hmm. point. Yeah, And especially even as a believer, mm-hmm. when you have walked with the Lord or you have pulled away and you're not, you're going to feel that. You're going to feel that orphan spirit trying to creep in because it's all about identity in Christ and knowing who you are. Yeah. That is, when you have that perspective on it, it makes me feel, one, that it is universal. Um, and it has to be because it's the gospel. And so it has to be able to reach all four, corner, four corners of the world with that. But two, even with those that um, have a relationship with Christ, and the more of your relationship you have with him, the more you know who he is as Abba. But the less you have with him, if you're not spending time in worship, reading, um, and in your word, then you're, there's a disconnection with it. But we always seem to think that it's a sin issue, but it may not be a sin issue. It's the fact that you haven't longed to spend some quality time with your father. Yes. And that inner, man, that inner man knows what it's craving for. Starving. It's starving. It, yes. I was just having this conversation with my daughter because um, she struggles. She struggles with 
with being confident. You know, she's mm. a beautiful girl, and you yeah. never in a million years think that. Yeah. But that tells you right there. It yeah. tells you that it's not it's not outward, it's an inward. It's yeah. an inward struggle. And my, my um, husband just had put on her rearview mirror in his image mm. that every time she looks in her mirror, mm. she's going to see that phrase, in his image. Mm-hmm. Because we were created in his image. Yeah. And what is his image? Mm. Well, that's something mm. that is going to take a lifelong journey for exactly. you to understand. Yeah. And so I think that just the when we, when we are not walking step for step with the Lord, there's mm. going to be a vacancy because the culture and our world and the demonic forces that are coming against and breaking down mm-hmm. our identity and cr- are constantly coming at us. Yeah. Constantly. So if we allow any voids, hmm. there's going to be that access mm-hmm. to destroy what God is trying to do yeah. in our life. So. I mean, you go back to the temptation of Satan and Jesus himself and his identity being tracked down. Like, don't you know everything that he tempted him with pulled him away from his relationship with his father mm-hmm. was the result of everything. And so, you know, uh, the Lord hit me with this. I, I took our staff ladies away. We're probably getting a little bit off track. But no, you're good. It talks about, it, it just, it, it is such a refreshing, it's such a, a strengthening because it's in scripture where the, where Jesus says to Peter, says the enemy is sifting you. Mm-hmm. The enemy has come to sift you. Mm-hmm. But I have prayed for you. And that is so strengthening mm. yeah. in your identity. Oh, yeah. Because that's what is happening mm-hmm. with the body of Christ, is the enemy. He's not going after the world. He's going after the body of yes. Christ. The ones yes. that can show the image of God. Yes. That reflection. Mm-hmm. And so he, the enemy is trying to sift the body of Christ, sift the believers. But he has prayed for us. And there is so much strength and so much identity yeah. in that. Yes. That... If you can really just sit in that, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to walk with your head held higher. Yes. And, and even know that you're created in his image. I mean, there's so much in that. Just knowing that, number one, it the butt counteracts all that happened before that. And knowing that he prayed for me mm-hmm. is enough. Like, yes, my head is up. I'm not walking in arrogance, but I'm walking in confidence. Why? Because I know who prayed for me. And he is the intercessor of intercessors and he's on the throne praying for us that is phenomenal (laughs) and life-changing with that and i pray my butterfly gets that (laughs) um within that if she listens that love you baby (laughs) um i do want to uh close us out as we normally do so as you guys know we always pray for whatever our target audience is and so um women is our target um, today. And so I'll ask you, Pastor Emily, would you mind saying a prayer for our women um, as we close out? I definitely will. And one of the things that I did want to talk about is this motherhood mantle. And so mm. as, I, as, I, as I step into that mantle, um, I just want to speak over you as daughters because that's the number one posture that you have to always remain in is a daughter of the king. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just come to you right now, and I just declare as daughters, as as women of God, that you would just anoint us, Father, in deeper capacities, God. We ask that all of the areas in our lives that we are struggling, Lord, that we can just lay them at the foot of the cross, because we know that you are praying for us, God. 
We know that you care for us. You, we know that you came and you endured exactly all of the emotions and all of the different things that we feel. You came from your throne and you endured what we walk through so you could know how we feel. And that is so priceless. And we're so grateful that you love us that much. And so I ask Holy Spirit that you would just go over these airwaves, Lord, and that you would just minister, send your ministering angels over your daughters, even men, if they're listening to this, that they would understand who they are in you, that they are called, they are chosen, that they have a purpose, that they don't have to to look like anyone else, that we all have our own giftings and callings. And if we can just step into the anointing and into the mantle that you've called us to be, and we work together as a body of Christ, that there is nothing that can stop us. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just minister to the hearts of your sons and of your daughters, and that they would be able to just find that secret place where they can know who they are in you, so that every area that they touch... It will flow from the top of their head to the soles of their feet down to what they are called to do, whether being mothers, whether being pastors, whether working in the in the workforce and, and dealing with neighbors and dealing with difficult situations. God, we know that you have given us everything that we need in the season that we're in. And we just declare growth in Jesus' name over your sons and daughters. But thank you all for listening uh, today. We will catch you in the next episode as well. You all have a good one.